0: Good morning, my name is Sam Riedel, and I'm the Youth Director at Mount Olivet United Methodist Church. It is my pleasure this beautiful Sunday morning to bring the word, the message, from the Gospel of John, discussing the disciples, the resurrection stories, and most importantly, Thomas, or doubting Thomas as he has been traditionally held. Our sermon topic is in many ways discussing, until I see, what does that look like? We see in the passage that Thomas is resistant to the great Easter proclamation of, we have seen the Lord, which was brought forth by the women first and then to the disciples and then to the world. I have seen the Lord. But Thomas resisted. Thomas demanded to see the scars, the wounds of the crucifixion before he would believe that Jesus had indeed returned from the dead. In many ways, though we may not like to admit it, Thomas is our patron saint, the patron saint of the 21st century where we do not believe until we see, across all sorts of different things. We rarely trust. We rarely have faith. Yet the point stands. Thomas is an interesting disciple, an interesting figure that many of us could most certainly relate to. I will not believe that God is good until I see it. I will not believe that God is present in my life until I have felt it. I will not believe that God loves me. Because I have never known love in this world. Thomas is not as far away from us as you might think. But it is Easter. It is the Easter tide. We are celebrating. We are joyous. We are evangelizing. We are bringing the gospel into the world. Except for when we're not. Except for when we encounter people like Thomas. Except for when we are like Thomas. Who do not believe unless they see. I must admit, growing up, I had a great deal of affection for Thomas. I always thought he got a hard shake by Christian preachers, Christian tradition. I always thought he was treated shabbily, to say the least. Because what's more human than that? What's more biblical in many ways than this standard process of faith? Doubt into questioning into faith. What's more normal than that? We see throughout the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament individuals demanding to see God. And what is so interesting is God invariably agrees. There might be caveats, there might be kind of conditions added to it. Think of Elijah who demands to see the glory of God and God places him in the cleft of the rock so that he might only see a passing glimpse of the glory of God. Or consider Jacob who demands a name of God, the presumption of it. The audacity, and yet it remains that Jacob demands a name and is given one, Israel, or one who strives with God. What a name, what a principle, what a calling to strive with God. We see it throughout the Old Testament, and in many ways, that should enlighten our understanding of Thomas, our appreciation for the most human of some of the disciples. Because we see in Thomas the general path that even after Easter, even after the celebration, this man knew Jesus, much less us 2,000 years after the events, and he struggled, and he had doubt. Consider that the next time you question your faith. Consider that the next time someone convinces you, argues to you, declares to you, that any doubt is weakness. Consider the disciples, the men who walked with Jesus, who saw him risen, who questioned their faith. It makes me think of another thing about Thomas that I love as it discusses this family that we call the people of God, this community that we call the church. And despite how often we have criticized Thomas, despite how often we tell people to have a stiff upper lip Tell them to not worry, not to doubt, not to question. What's fascinating is when I look at Thomas and I look at the rest of the New Testament, all you ever seem to encounter are people who come to faith in Christ the wrong way. Nicodemus in this kind of philosophical and abstract discussion, because when you think about it, that's who Nicodemus is. He's a public leader. He's a learned man. You think of the Roman generals and the soldiers and the captains who come to faith in Christ because of some incredible, devout sense of loyalty and duty. Consider the centurion who says, When I tell men to go, they go. Thus I will believe you. Consider that. Imagine that. Consider the men and women throughout the Old Testament who through the miraculous healings of Jesus come to faith. Or the ones who are not healed and yet believe. Consider the men and women throughout the entire New Testament who never even encountered Jesus in the midst of his ministries, yet come to believe. That's the arc. That's the trajectory of faith. Doubt, to questioning, to faith. Why are we acting like Thomas is somehow irregular? Why are we acting like our brothers and sisters now who demand to see things are Irregular. Why are we acting even a week after the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord? The doubt and questioning are somehow wrong, somehow not a part of the biblical faith. When it is so obvious that it is, read the pages of your scriptures. You will notice every character. Moses, Jacob, Abraham, the fathers, the mothers, all of them. Consider Job for a moment. We talk about the endurance of Job, but I would encourage you to read the book. When you encounter Job, the first seven chapters of Job, that is not a patient man. It is a man demanding to see the face of God so he might question him. And he is one of our heroes. He's one of the great leaders of the faith. So, what does this mean? What is the doubt into questioning into faith as exemplified by Thomas? What does it mean post-Easter? Where's the hope? So I may be a Thomas. Maybe we live in a Thomas generation where everything has to be seen. Everything has to have numbers behind it. Everything has to be calculated. The teachers amongst us would know that data is king nowadays, whether or not it should be. We live in a numbers generation. We live in a generation of, until I see, we live in a generation of doubt. But where does that leave us a week after the risen Lord? A week after the brass and the trumpets, and the glorious hallelujahs? Well, I would point again to Thomas. It is a great hope to me that when you look into the passage, the disciples failed miserably. We are called to share our faith, and the disciples who walked with Jesus, Thomas included, approach him after the fact and say, We have seen the Lord a week after the resurrection. And Thomas, one of their number, doesn't even believe him. Doesn't even believe his friends. If you're not going to trust your friends, who are you going to trust? And yet Thomas does not have faith. Only when Jesus himself encounters Thomas, only when God speaks to him, encounters him, embraces him, like Job before him, Jacob before him, Abraham before him, there are t- some times when we falter in our evangelism. And we, like the disciples when Jesus encountered the woman at the well, are led by the Spirit to simply stand back. Have you ever thought about that in the Thomas generation, it's not all up to us? We are promised in the resurrection that though we are called to evangelize, though we are called to share the good news, that Jesus is with us in the midst of that. Our Lord and our Savior is leading, not following. He's not commanding. He's showing the goodness of His grace, the goodness of His power. So where's your hope a week after Easter when the celebration has died down and we have returned to our inner Thomas? (laughs) Well, I would encourage you to Turn on your Google Maps. Many of us use it. I prefer Google. Some people use Apple Maps. And I would type in Jerusalem or Palestine, Tel Aviv, an area in the modern nation of Israel. Whatever you would like. Middle East. Pick a region. Google Maps that. And then I would encourage you to Google Maps Kerala in India on the western coast. Because the Christian tradition asserts that this same Thomas, Doubting Thomas, made it there. Christian tradition asserts, and we are becoming increasingly confident, that this same man who exemplifies us in so many ways is the Apostle to India, a nation with hundreds of millions of people and millions of believers in Jesus Christ as their risen Lord and Savior. If you look up that Google Maps, I would encourage you to go to the walk symbol and find out how long it would take you and your family to walk to Kerala. My count was 55 days and 18 hours or 6,500 kilometers. With that, I would simply encourage you to say, that man is doubting Thomas. Because the trajectory of the Easter faith is not doubt to questioning and to faith and leave it there as if you somehow own something, no. The Easter faith is this, doubt, to questioning, to faith, to mission, to service, to the gospel, the good news. That's the hope. The the prayer that we might all be Thomas in our own way, never running away from our doubts and our fears and our questions, but leaning into them, trusting like 2,000 years ago, our risen Lord and Savior might approach us and say, My child. Put your hands on my hands, your fingers in my wounds. Do not doubt, but believe, and ultimately send that out into the world. Reflect that into the world with joy and with grace. For that is the Easter faith, not to run away, but to move forward, to embrace to include, to welcome, to sing. That's the Easter faith. And I would encourage all of you moving forward not to run away from your inner Thomas, but to own it, to lean into it. Doubt, question, faith, and mission. The life of a Christian. The walk of a disciple. Happy Easter. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, risen in glory, be with you every day of your life. Amen.